from the South Hill Podcast Studios. I am Lambo, and this is Little Extra Lambo. This is the podcast you have been dying to listen to. I hope. We're sitting here in studio today. I got a great guest with me, um, Barrett Riles. He is from California. I'm not going to give up locations, um, but he's from California. We met down in Arizona and and playing some baseball and we're going to talk again today about go bags planning um preparing and i wanted to have barrett on because he's he's got the gift of gab and he's knowledgeable about what he talks about um we talked about uh uh, different knives water systems uh how to you know different things to to cook on and how to you know when you're when you're when you're going you have your go bags it's not just to get out and be out away from your home you know your your home is your solidified fort right and that's kind of think that's a, what a ron talked about a lot last show was having that home base you might need that go bag to get to your home and that was something that that uh, barrett brought up and um it's a really good point of you know your your go bag is multi-use and we talk about things being multi-use. So you're going to love this show. Um, rate, review, subscribe, hit that like button, share it with your friends. Again, uh, this series is more, this is with what's going on in this world. We don't know what's going to happen. Have a plan. It might sound crazy. You might think I'm crazy. You might think that everybody around you that is talking about it is crazy, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And I've always taken the approach of, I'd rather be over-prepared. I'd rather have a plan set up and be ready and never use that plan. But if it happens, I want to be ready. I don't want to be caught, you know, I don't want to be caught in a snowstorm with with flip-flops on. I don't want to be in my family and put them in a situation where dad wasn't ready. So um, have a plan. And even if it's just a a two-hour conversation with somebody who has been doing this, with myself, with the guys that we've had on the show, you know, somebody just make a Facebook post and say, hey, does anybody know anything about this preparing, this prepping? And I guarantee you'll have 25, 30 people who are already ahead of the ball game that will love to talk to you. It's something that that I'm using this format to get information out. And I might be giving up a lot of my secrets and my plan, but I want to be able to use my plan to benefit everybody else. So um, take that as you will and be ready. I mean, just just have a plan. Have a conversation. And at the end of that conversation, it might be, this is this is just too crazy. I, I don't believe any of this is going to go on. That might happen, but at least you had the conversation. So... Um, if you want to talk to me about it, please do email the show extra Lambo at gmail.com. You can send a Facebook message. If you've got my number, call me, shoot me a text message, whatever, or, you know, put the post out there and, you know, I guarantee you've got lots of friends who just haven't said anything that they'll walk you through or tell you how to start or listen to the shows. But if you are listening to this show, please share it, please share it with your friends Please share it with your family. Um, go down to Crave Eats, Drink Nightlife, have a conversation, buy a burger, buy a beer, and have a conversation. 
And then when you're done with Crave, get down to Dry Fly, grab a couple bottles, so that way these new, brand new preppers have bottles of of whiskey, bourbon, uh, uh, vodka, canned cocktails at their house. Uh, a couple plugs there. So you're gonna love this show, Barrett Riles. We're gonna have him on again because we didn't get into communication. We did not get into the the communications and the and the and the walkie talkies cbs ham radios we did not get into that conversation because it's another full show once you start and ron said it best once you start in on this rabbit hole you will be in the hole but don't panic you will get out and then you can take a breath and then however that hole took you (laughs) worming through the information Take a deep breath and then start processing it. And that's the best advice I can give you. Start off small. Um, when it comes to these to go, when the, the go bags, the get out of town bags, the, you know, shit hits the fan bags, they have already set up complete bags. So you can go and buy that and then go through all of that stuff and go, I want to improve on this. I want to improve on this. I want to add this. Use the bear on, uh, bear unlimited. Use the, um, I, can't, I don't have my notes in front of me. Um, uh, listen back to the last show. Uh, um, prepper, I don't have my notes. Um, but the the other, the, and I'll, I'll tag it on there. But um, get on these other websites. The prepared.com is a, is is where the um, the prepping stuff and the bags and how to set them up. Uh, Bear Unlimited is on YouTube and. Um, I was trying, kind of hoping the other one was coming, but it's not. So, uh, but in anything, just Google search survival skills and, and go bags and you'll find the information you need. Again, if you need to email the show extra Lambo at gmail.com, I'll help you out. I'm here to help you. That's why I'm doing these shows. I'm putting this series together so that I'm getting the information. I'm getting what I need and I'm going to ask the questions that I want to ask, but also I'm hoping that you guys can pull out um, the information as well and pull out different aspects to improve your bags, to improve your plan, to improve your communications, your survival skills, your equipment. Use this information. Pass it along to your friends and family. Hopefully it, it, it sparks interest. Hopefully it solidifies thoughts that people were having and 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 how to set up plans and that might be another show that i do um on how to set up a plan what is our plan and it might be a you know uh, a boring show but there might be something in there that you didn't think about um when you're at home you have to leave where are we going how am i setting that plan up and barrett kind of talks about it a little bit in this show but um but yeah you're you're gonna love this show he's a barrett's a great guy great human being um, I wish he was closer in, in all honesty. And, and, and I think he knows that I wish he was closer. He's down in, in California. I'm up here in Washington state, but like-minded people and it, and, you know, and you know, shit hits the fan world starts coming to an end. We, we might be meeting somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we don't, you know, it's kind of just kind of be however it goes when, when that time comes. But if that does come, we're going to have a plan and that's, I can't, I can't stress enough about this, guys. So share the show, please, to your friends and family. Hit that like, subscribe button. Use this information and pass it along. Without further ado on the Little Extra Lambo podcast, I give to you Mr. Barrett Riles. 
Isn't that how it always goes? Yeah, I've got uh, the kids are coming in. I've got my dad coming in. It's just, you know, those things you haven't touched for a while, they they are highlighted when when the family's coming. So, yeah, it's good. It's good, man. I just need to get it done anyway. Gotcha. I, uh, I, my, my Saturday started off with me cracking some dry fly vodka and getting my mix going. And then it took me about an hour to clean the, our popcorn machine for my daughter's 16th birthday. She had a bunch of friends and stuff come over. So I bought pizza and got the popcorn machine going and, but it needed to be clean. So, uh, having those, having that, extra thing to clean was was kind of my project for saturday yeah i've got some i'll have to uh we'll actually bring a bottle to vegas we have a real nice bottle of vodka coming all the fires up in napa and whatnot okay they couldn't use they couldn't use the grapes because of the smoke damage oh so to raise money for the firefighters and the and establishments and whatnot they took those grapes and they're basically doing a smoke infused vodka with those grapes really yeah, so I bought a few. I bought a few bottles for Christmas. Well, we got one for ourselves. We'll we'll come up there maybe crack it for your birthday. There you go. There you go. How how does how does that work? Have you have you opened it up yet? Do you know? I haven't. We haven't got them. They're actually late. We called. and They're like uh, because of uh, shipping issues. They're trying to get it out. So we haven't even got it yet. Okay. Interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how that how that all tastes with the with me, the smoke. Yeah, me as well kept the wife happy so i said order go go to town lady <laughs> how's everything else been uh you know what i'm less stressed now than i have been uh i think we were talking when we were in uh, arizona that uh whole work mandate was just it was kind of a bear uh and it's not over yet but it definitely has got a wrench thrown into the system so you know, I think what's going to happen is they're going to throw their hands and say, okay, well, we tried. We tried. We did our best. I struck it down. So that's on you, not us. You know, that seems to how our, our people work. So Yeah, and that was for us, too. We had the, you know, drivers are assumed as essential workers, and we're by ourselves. So we don't – we're I exempt mean, from having to have it. Yeah, so my – HR directors are real. They're real. My company's good, man. We're there's no issue. We did just get purchased, um, so that was kind of concerning. But basically, you know, everybody's make your own decision, do your own thing. But at the same time, you know, if they're putting it down on us, my response, as I said, was like, hey, until I see it in writing. And the day I said that, that 499 page document got thrown out. Um, so I've been going back and forth with my HR, just keeping them notified because they watch what they watch. They don't they don't take all their references and really understand, you know, 12, 12 courts and this court's thrown it out this court. So we'll see. Um, I'm waiting for California just to do it because it's California. So that's a whole nother story. Yeah. So we're, we're talking with Barrett Riles. I met Barrett, what, three years ago down in Arizona, uh, yep. played on the, played on the same, uh, 40 and over team together. And then, you know, we've kind of been off and on talking, but then this last year, I think we started talking a lot more. And then we had some really good conversations this year um, at the house down there in Phoenix. And your job kind of leads to you coming up, and we're going to be talking about um, go bags today and, and just a little bit of prepping is, is why I have you coming on. 
but your job and and kind of the the people around you kind of have you thinking a certain way and that's kind of what I want to get into with you know you're talking you live in California and them just doing things because it's California and you kind of took the words right out of my mouth how what do you foresee happening when when they start mandating and they just go ahead and we don't care what the people say we're just going to do it what do you foresee happening with this with this vaccine uh, well i mean right now it's funny i just had this conversation this last weekend this right now it's you need a booster you need to get this you need to get that is that going to go on for every six months How, when's it going to end my response to someone was you know uh, there is a certain percentage of effectiveness, but there's also natural immunities. We seem to be be jumping all over one direction because this is what the man says, and everybody just wants to listen and say, yeah, that's the way we're going to do it. So my response to this lady was, yeah, why do you need boosters if they're so effective? What's going on? And mind you, I'm not an expert, and some of it I'm really ignorant at, to be honest with you, but uh, I'm concerned with the fact that people will just read something that's not true Hell, they still think Rittenhouse killed three black people. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. I, so, I mean, uh, that's where the concern lies. So we've got a lot of people that are in charge of making decisions that think that they're best for everybody. So is it a power grab? Is it, is it you know, do as I say, not as I do, which seems to be. But, um, yeah, Cal- our whole West Coast, man, Washington, Oregon, California, uh they, if it's a state mandate thing, there's not much we can do about it. And be honest with you, if it's a private company, they have the right to do what they need to do. So, you know, it's up to the person to make their own decisions uh, respectfully. And as I said, my company's real supportive of that and whatnot. It's just a situation where they got, they have to do what they have to prep and they have to be ready for what the government says you got to go do. But the reason I think they far outreach and overstretch their boundaries right now, just from constitutional. I mean, you're talking first. Uh, not even talking about Second Amendment, have to go there. Fourth Amendment, there's so many different discussions to have on that. It's like, why? Um, if they're so good and they work so well, why are you so worried about me? I made, I'm made. i a grown man. I made my own decisions. Now, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, and I don't want to go someplace where somebody's going to freak out because of uh, being vaccinated, non-vaccinated, whatever. Um, but, man, it's been, what, two years now? Mm-hmm. Two years. Uh, now I'm hearing we've got another Delta plus variant. Uh, maybe I, I, I don't know. Here's how I'm at. Um, you know, kind of was like, bring it on. Uh, I don't say that to sound arrogant or whatnot, but it's like either you're going to get vaccinated or you're going to get sick. Yeah. It's one or the other. So those that have, how do you deal with that? How do you take in consideration that they've, that their immunity or their antibodies are probably higher from what's been shown than the vaccination itself. So we're taking that consideration. So if you're going to follow science, let's take all of the science in and let's really take it in and really learn, go out and study. People are lazy, man. Well, and People, it, seem, you know, it seems like Israel, they're about what, four, five, six months ahead of us in everything that's going on. And uh, Lord Fauci and the this administration, they get to seem to pick and choose what information they want to take from Israel instead of having a meeting of the minds of our scientists here in America with Israel, with the Netherlands, with, I mean, if China as much as you can trust them, 
Italy, you know, all these other other countries that that we're supposed to be friends with, we just disregard everything that's going on. And now with yeah, the, of- with the news of Austria, Germany, um, Australia, to a point, you know, they're on complete lockdowns. They have taken that's away all go. of their citizens' rights, and that's where they're at right now. You have no rights. Government's going to tell you what to do. You're going to stay at home. So if you don't have the means to escape, what do you do? And I was just I was just going to bring up what you just said. I think my sister actually she's overseas as well. Uh, I think they just locked the Netherlands. I think all those areas down there. So yeah, you know, um, is it? I don't, man, Lambo. I just <laughs> I've been many places. I've been around a lot of people. Uh, if you're sick, you're sick. If you get the flu, flu. Be common sense. Stay home. Don't go anywhere. But where I was going with that, I you know, going back to not being arrogant, but. I've been out to the open. I've been around people, lots of people, thousands of people. I haven't had some, I haven't, I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm not unafraid, right. Unmasked, yep. unafraid. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's the way, and mind you, if it, something does happen, that's on me. That's my decision. Um, and I'm not, I'm not looking for sympathy from anybody. And I've heard cases all over the place and I have people, relatives, friends that have been affected by it. So it's a real thing, but uh, that doesn't mean everybody goes nuts and all of a sudden knows what's best for everybody else yeah. and violate people's rights over it. But from a safety aspect, I don't, I don't know if it's really that necessary. Well, it's the, the forcing upon the, uh, upon the people who don't agree, not agree with the vaccine, but want more testing done. They want the data. And then f- was it Pfizer or, or, and Moderna, they don't have to release their findings and the numbers and the data from their vaccines until 2059. Yeah. What was it? uh, What was I listening the other day where uh, the guy from the, so the CEO at Pfizer basically said that any misinformation of the vaccination should be treated as criminal. Well, do you know how many information then? Well, do you know how many criminal situations Pfizer has and how many lawsuits they've had to pay just for, I mean, just from not giving the information and it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's, it's, it's hilarious. That's what I say. Do as I say and not as I do. It's, 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 yeah. The whole elite discussion is a whole nother, whole nother route. But, you know, uh, you talk about where's it going in the future where I really started to get into this, you know, what, 2020, uh, they for, uh, city shut down. They shut everybody down. Uh, couldn't go see people. Couldn't, couldn't interact with people. Uh, from that, my work, basically we took vacation and we were furloughed for six weeks. So you're standing around, you're at the house, a little bit of fear factor involved just from unknowing, right? You don't know what's going on. You're looking at news. You're seeing all this. It's just shut down. And I got off news completely. I quit watching it all. And actually what I started watching was I started watching live streamers on, on the social media, on the YouTube channels, et cetera. Um, what I saw from actual live seeing what was going on up in Portland, up I, I was like, holy moly, what, what, what people have lost their damn minds. What are everybody doing here? Um, and then started thinking a little bit more, not only, civil unrest but man we're right on the fault we got earthquakes that could happen uh you know yep portland up in there you got tsunami situations that could follow up after that you could have brownouts you could have energy outages you could have i mean 
there's so many different scenarios that I started talking with my wife and I just basically said, you know what, what do we have around the house? Just if something happens, what would our plan be? And literally that's how it started. We just started talking a little bit about, okay, well, what do we got for this? Or what do we got for that? Or where would we do this or do that? And what would our game plan be? And that's literally how it started. Um, I started watching some, some, uh, individuals starts off with references. It's easy to over, uh, you can throw so many different things into a bag and say, here we go. This is a solution, but it's a different solution for everybody. Everybody's different. Your locale, where you're at, your environment, your needs, you have family, individual, you know, what your skill levels are. The funny thing is I say that the, the higher your skill level, the smaller your bag. But let's be realistic, though. How many people are really practicing this and doing this, right? How many people have a bag with stuff in it that really know what, what's in there for, right? So really broke it down. So okay, what do we need? What do we look for? Um, didn't have to reinvent the wheel, Lambo. There's some really good guys out there that have been doing this and live this. And mind you, I'm not military. I'm not ex-military. I'm nothing like that. I'm just an average dude, man, that just, if something goes down, I have the ability to take care of myself and my yeah. family. And, and that's what it boiled down to. Yeah, and we we had talked on a couple podcasts to go uh, with with a with another guest of mine that it doesn't matter. You're not going to have the perfect bag because every situation changes, and you might think that you're heading into a situation and that ch- and that situation changes. So you're not going to have the perfect bag, but you can be as ready as you want to be, and even if you are. Let's say you're a family of four. You guys go out camping, you know, maybe twice a summer. You got an idea of how to start a fire. You 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 buy a tent. Um, maybe you're in a camper. You you kind of have an idea of what to look for while you're out. You know, just just camping or glamping. Even get books, get some literature, figure out about survival. And it's kind of why I wanted to do these podcasts too, to get guys to come on who understand go bags who understand survival who understand um you know kind of being out on the run and i've got an air force guy coming on and he understands you know being ejected from a cockpit and then having to survive with what's on you and that that show really intrigues me and i can't wait to pick his brain on that but just having that survival aspect being out there and being able to take care of your family if you have to leave your homestead and you know if you can stay at home that's the biggest thing you and you said it right what do we have here how long can we stay here and what do we have to you know kind of fortify ourselves in our location well got to understand the bag doesn't do you any good if you don't have a plan for me to be bag is bag does you no good unless you have a plan of where to go so your first thing you have to plan is okay uh, where are we going where are we bugging out to What's our goal? Where are we trying to get to? Uh, you're not just going up in the woods or mountains for two weeks and, you know, just going to do your, that's not how it works. Yes. So, correct. you know, understand, and even you can get deep enough to say, okay, you know, from here, from point A to my bug out plan B, three different ways to get there in those three different ways. How many sources of water do I have on the way? Right. Things like that, that you start really, if you really want to overanalyze and get it, this is what people do. You know, people have, they have, even burying caches on the way. So you have stuff that's put away that nobody else knows, literally burying stuff, you know, take a six inch uh, PVC pipe. 
So I'm it was just uh, going to say that. <laughs> put, yeah, put your put your tubes at the end. You can bury those all over your properties or bury them on the on the route to wherever you're going. Right. So having a game plan, understand where you're going, uh, and if you're not all together, understand everybody on that same game plan. So everybody knows where to go. So your so your group can help you. Right. Um, that's the biggest thing. Where are you going? Yeah. Uh, different bags. I have friends in the city right now that are just clueless. Uh, people moving to San Francisco is such a it's so bad right now. Properties actually dropped. So all oh. the kids now that couldn't kids that couldn't afford it before now they're going down there and renting places and whatnot. And I'm asking them, it's like, well, be cautious. You know, we're talking we're talking young guys, right? I mean, just starting out their careers and whatnot. They're so you know coming from out of state. Never thought they'd be in San Francisco. Now they're in San Francisco, and I just honestly I fear for them, man. Did you see what happened last night? That's change subject. Uh, no. So I was people, I was watching Yellowstone last night. Okay, yeah. so eight, <laughs> so we're we're I can't get involved in that. We're saving it. We'll watch it all at once. Is how we do it with the episode okay. here. But uh, eighty people last night in Walnut Creek, California, went and looted a freaking Nordstrom's. I I I saw that on the news, and I didn't get to click onto it to read the story, but I did see the headline. Yes. Yeah, but then so right down the street here for me in Hayward, there was another twenty that broke in and looted another store down here. Then there was some, dude, it's, it's, that's the type of stuff. It's like, okay, what, what are, what are we doing? I mean, seriously, people have lost their minds. When, when just the civility, right? So, you know, where I was going with that, these people moving to San Francisco, their bags would be different. You know, they have, they would be, where are they going? Where do they think they're going? You know, they don't have a plan that their bag down in the city would be different than someone out in the wilderness or whatnot. That urban survival get right. So there's all kinds of uh, situations, environments that will change up what you need, how you go, right? So, well, yeah, down uh, there you've got just natural disaster. You know, an earthquake in San Francisco, tidal waves, um, and then you can go into the you know the progressive left protesting, turn violent, you know, uh, riot. Well, that's the well, I mean, that's, that's the that's, biggest thing. That's I mean, reality. Uh, highest percentage is going to be some sort of, of natural disaster, some sort of man-made disaster. I mean, I keep, uh, I keep a little medical, I showed you that when there's, I keep a little medical bag with tourniquets and, and blood clots and what on my car. Uh, that's not because of zombie apocalypse, right? Because 80, 90% of the uses on that are going to be motorcycle wrecks, car wrecks. Uh, you know, if I'm the first spot on this, if I'm the first responder on the scene and I have the ability to help someone, you have an artery that's done. They're about at 120 seconds, dude. You bleed out, okay. right? So, so just understand. Mind you, I'm not trained medic. I've I've been through some classes. And I've been whatnot. I'm not nurse or EMT whatnot, but just understanding, right? I keep trauma kits with me because uh, I have the firearms. Any responsible firearm user should have a trauma kit with them just in case, right? So that's part of my kit. So you know, uh, it's not a boo boo kit, but it is a. It's a kit. It's a chest steel kit. It's a blood clot kit. It's the triangle bandage. It's Israeli bandage. It's got burn dressings. It's got, it's got stuff in there that hopefully I will never ever need to use. Yeah, yeah, but and I that's what I, everybody who has a bag says. I don't want to use this bag, but if I have to, I am ready. I'd rather waste the money and and not ever have to use it than to have to use it and not have it. So some of your operators. Former military, um, I mean, they'll have three levels, right? So they'll have a gun belt 
that will have equipment on it. They will have their pack, you know, 72 assault pack or a goat back, whatever you want to call it. Um, then they may have their armor plate and their chest rigs. I mean, you can get really, really deep into this depending and start adding weight. So, you know, you start talking about things. What do you want to talk about as far as the bag goes? What are you looking at as far as what you need in a reality for your environment around you? How heavy is your bag? Really? How far are you going to go? You going by land, you going by, uh, uh, horse, bike, motorcycle. I mean, there's all things that we start thinking about. So, you know, when I really start putting this together and saying, Hey hun, you know, my wife has a bag. My kids have their own bag. I have my own bag. I have another bag for each car. Uh, and no, it's not paranoia. It's just, if I ever need something, I'll have it. I can pull it out. You know, and every item is exclusive to that bag. I'm not pulling things out of one bag, putting in another, Oh, where did that go when you need it type of thing? It's, it's not like everything has its own place. Everything goes in its own place. Um, and it just takes anxiety off me, man. As a, you know, as a baseball coach, I always had something in the bag, whether I needed it or not. I think it's the same way here. Uh, over time, I have streamlined my equipment down, and I've upgraded some of the equipment, too, because right, if you're going to go get that $9 saw at Walmart, it's probably not going to last you more than a day or so. But you go spend the money on a silky hand saw, probably going to last you a good while, right? So you can start looking at quality. What's going to last me? I need something that's going to last me a day, two days, two weeks, a year, what it may be. Right. So I just, I started putting stuff together and just kind of started to fit and I started to utilize it. That's the other thing. You could have a nice sweet bag. Everything looks good, but um, if you don't know if you don't use it routinely, practice with it, understand its flaws, how to use it, how, how to, you know, maybe a challenge in one thing because of environment, wind, this and that, uh, maybe, you don't need something, or maybe you haven't touched something in your bag ever. So it's like, why do I really need that? Right. Mm-hmm. So you start, you start looking at what type of things and starts breaking it down into sections and kits is how I've done it. So, you know, there's, I've given you kind of in our, uh, uh, discussions about this and Pat, you know, there's guys that I watch on YouTube. Um, and a lot of those guys, it's not reinventing the wheel. So I start putting my kits together, you know, I think when we were up in Arizona, we started talking about like the 10 C's. Yeah. And that, you that know, comes from bear who you, who you is. turned me on to. And I started watching so, him after I had gotten back and that was the first video I watched the 10 C's. So on top of that, I don't know if you've watched his prepping videos. Uh, not yet. I've been, I've been, cause I'm, I'm building my bag and I'm, I have my daughter's bag and then I have my son's bag is, is just beginning. So I'm, I'm trying to understand those 10 C's and how they fit into my bag, but also what don't I need for her bag, but I need to fulfill the 10 C's. If that, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I was asking that because when you start talking about prepping and the science of prepping and there is a science behind it, you break it down to water usage, how much calories per, per day for an athletic person. Right. I mean, talking about food storage and that he actually adds a couple. So he has the 12 C's of prepping. And some of that conditioning, combat, things like that, things that maybe not everybody gets into. But as I was saying, some of these guys, you know, uh, it's God and guns with a lot of them, man. And there's a philosophical, and and I don't say that jokingly, there's a philosophical, there's a theological, there's there's an aspect to it. And these guys really, I mean, it's, they don't take it lightly. No, you're, you're exactly correct. And you shouldn't take it lightly if it's talking about the well-being of your family. And again, not trying to be paranoid, 
I just, if I have to go, I have to go. Mind you, my first thing in my house is to bug in, not get out. If things get so bad where you have to go, that's where you grab the bag and we have our plan and we're out in about three days. That's why they call it 72 or assault pack, right? 72 hour bag. Uh, keep everything you need for those three days. And those things, I mean, the goal when you have those things is, you know, uh, to minimize the minimal things that you need to survive, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Self-contained kits with the least things that you, and we're not talking about glamping and we're not talking about being luxurious in the bush or whatever it may be or down. It's not like that. It's like, okay, I need this for this purpose. And if you can have tools that can serve multiple purposes that can do two or three jobs, then those tools limit the weight in your pack. Yes. So we want to talk, so talk about that. So we talk about the, uh, it's the cutting, right? The combustion devices, your cover for your tarps or whatever it may be containers for water, cordage, uh, cotton bandanas, uh, cargo tape, duct tape, compass, uh, cloth needle, sail needle, which you think like why it's important for gear repair, uh, tent repair, tarp repair, uh, and then candlelight devices, right? It doesn't have to be these exact things, but you kind of get the idea from the grouping side. I need flashlights, you know, I need a compass or I need a GPS device, uh, enough duct tape, duct tape's great for everything. Duct tape's wonderful. You can heal wounds with it. You can start fires with it. You can fix equipment with it. Yeah, very um, universal. Right. Uh, bandanas. I use a shamak. Uh, you can filter with it. You can use it as a sling. You can use it as an improvised tourniquet, uh, wound care, et cetera. Container. Um, I use stainless steel single wall devices. Uh, you don't want double wall because you can't cook with them. You can't boil water with it. You know, you're in an area where you don't have a live straw or a filter or some sort of water filter. Uh, you can boil water. Um, so having devices, be, being able to have a kit that can do that so you can cook food if you have to, boil water if you have to, um, that's important to container. Then I said cover. Um, uh, there's a gentleman that I watch. He's called the Gray Bearded Green Beret. Uh, he teaches school. He teaches this. This is what he does. This is his, this is his life. And... He basically, uh, from a shelter aspect, it's on, in, and under. Just look at it that way. What can I sleep on? What can I sleep in? What can I sleep under? And from that mentality, you know, part of my kit from from a shelter aspect is I have a I have a ten by ten tarp. Uh, I have a poncho, military poncho, and actually, military poncho is all you really need if you've got grommets on there and it's a true military poncho. You can use that not only as protection from the elements, but you also can string that up and you can make a, a, a frame tent or a lean to, you can use a poncho for that. So that's a multi-purpose type of uh, piece of equipment that yeah. you can use. And that's um, one thing I, I took from you. And when I originally started my bag, I was just giving one use items. So my bag was filling up quick and then it became, and then it, you had made an amazing point of, Make the things that you have multi-usage and your bag will be lighter. And I was like, that was like a light bulb that just went off. I was like, that makes that makes more sense in a lot of stuff that I've been watching of you need to have this for this and this for this. Why not have this one thing for three different things? So that's funny. Actually, the, one of the series, uh, the gray-haired, you know, gray-bearded Green Beret basically says, man, the first thing we come, we teach these classes. Everybody comes out here. And the first thing I do, I'm looking at everybody's bags and I can't even lift them up. 
And it's like, those are the creature comforts that you start to learn that you really don't need. It's like, what's necessity? And to that, so, you know, what's the thought process then on how, how, how heavy, what are your thoughts on how heavy a bag should be? Well, I think you're, I think bear said 15% of your body weight should be what your bag weighs. So he, he is more of a 20%, he said, but he's conditioned. A lot of us are not. <laughs> so that's an important point that you make. So at a max, at a max, 30%. And mind you, you're not going very far if the bag is 30% of your body weight and you're a big, you're a big boy. Yeah, you know how much that bag's going to be. Yeah. Uh, 20% max, if you can get it to 10 to 15, um, my bag's about 20 pounds. I'm about 200 pounds myself. So, you know, I'll do the math. That's kind of how I've got it down. And I've got pretty much everything I need. Now, where I need to improve is I, I have stuff kind of spread out in multiple bags, really. Um, rations, calories, I keep that in a dry bag. If I'm on the move, there probably should be some calories in my bag, right? Um, always have water. I like the, um, I like the smart water, uh, one liter bottles because my Sawyer water filter screws right onto that. So it's a nice, easy device. Um, I want to talk about that as well. So don't forget about that Sawyer because I have a question about it. Okay. So how do you, so, but I kind of did, I laid my bags out and I just took all the, all the stuff out and just kind of put it in the floor. So I, I don't know if you want to go through that or if you just want to talk about the, just the general philosophy. I mean, every, yeah, a flashlight, you know, a flashlight works great. Make sure you have batteries for it. If you've got knives, great. Make sure, you know, uh, what you're using those knives for uh, and make sure that it's, it's a robust tool. You have an ax, you have a saw. I mean, there's all types of things you can start going to. But again, do you really need that? If you're in the city, do you really need an ax other than self, self-defense? Yeah. Well, that's where, like, you and I were actually knife shopping there in Phoenix, and I, you know, I've got my eyes set on machete, but you brought up the point of just that. Why, why do you want to have just a machete when there's sometimes you need a saw? There's sometimes where you need to be able to, you know, hack into something, you know, like tree brush or, or anything like that. You're trying to build a space for your tent. The machete will be okay for that, but it needs that machete ish tool needs to be able to cover a bunch of different things. Yeah, and so I start looking. It's like, okay, do I? You can make a tent stake out of a out of a twig or out of a branch, right? But reality, they've got aluminum tent stakes that weigh nothing out there that go right with your tent. So I mean, it's just little things like that. It's like, okay, that's really no weight, and that would save me calories from having to put something on on uh, a ridge line or a stake line or whatever it may be for my tent. Right? Just little stuff like that. I start thinking about, but. Um, it was exactly that. I started looking. I was like, well, I have three of this, or I really need three of this. Now I just need one, or I have a multi-tool. Or actually, more than an axe, uh, a pry bar, to be honest with you, would probably be more beneficial, depending on your environment, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and I actually, for my ADC, on a day, I carry a little small pry bar with me, right? I keep a flashlight, a lighter, a pry bar, a knife, and a Fisher Space pin on me, uh, and cash. Everywhere I go, I have those on me. And I was laughing because they're like, I don't need a flashlight. Dude, I use a flashlight every single day now. Things I never thought I'd need it for, right? So in conjunction, I always have, you know, you talk fire. Everybody laughs. You want to do a bow drill. You want to do a ferrocerium rod. You want to do What's the best way? Pull a lighter out of your pocket and freaking start a fire with a lighter, man. I mean, don't, 
don't make things hard, right? Yes. <laughs> You've got the flint stick out and you're trying to spark it. <laughs> I mean, you're wasting, you're wasting calories, right? You're, those are things that aren't necessary. Um, it's cool. Now it's cool to know how to do a bow drill. And I light my barbecues with my Ferris theorem rod just to know how to do it. I have a flint and steel, not that I would use a flint and steel, but it's kind of cool to, you know, I can start a fire with a rock and a freaking piece of steel. It's, it's, it's fun. I like doing those types of things. I like learning how to do those types of things. Would I do that? No, I probably would not do a flint and steel in the bush. I would use my Zippo with my butane insert or I would, you know, uh, magnifying glass. I have a magnifying glass for natural solar ignition, right? Save your, save like your when we were kids with the ants. It's exactly right. I actually, I pulled an old, uh, old pair of binoculars from a garage sale and I just took the lens out of the end of it. And that's what I use. Right. So, I mean, it's something simple and it cost me five bucks, I think. And that thing works great. I don't have to use my fire starters. I don't have to use my, my flint, my ferrocerians. I don't have to use butane, to whatever. Right. So it's just stuff like that. You start looking at it and say, wow, that's kind of cool. That makes a lot of sense. You, and I thought of you the other day, cause I went up to a friend of mine's house and I actually did a podcast with him. It was the last podcast we did with Ron, Ron Carpenter. And he was gifted, I guess, a shit ton of knives. They came from a, of another family member. He had passed. Mom was like, I don't want these things. Who wants or he He wanted them. So he got all these awesome knives, but he got the leather, like good leather pouches or the um not the pouches uh sleeves sheaths sheaths that go in there and he's like that that, this is the you know the best hand-me-down he could have asked for on on these knives that he have gotten what is your knowledge of knives and how have you applied that to your you know building of a bag having the plans set up that you do you know what what is your knowledge on knives about all that stuff so um I collect some knives too. I, I, it's, I don't know. It's, it's knives are cool. They're pieces of art, some of them, but I actually like more knives that are, uh, that can be used on a daily basis and last, you know, I, I started getting, it was like, you know, you can go get your $10 pocket knife down there, but you know, not going to, not going to be like that uh, bench made that I bought in Arizona. Right. Um, Spydercos, bench made, uh, best techs, uh, Kershaw. There's so many different ones out there. And, uh, I don't know. I probably have 20, 30 knives, but from a bug out standpoint, um, again, it goes back to what you're going to do with it. So I, I actually have two really cheap knives. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of more knife. I don't, uh, I don't know. So a more knife is a Swedish knife. Um, actually I have it written down or somewhere. I'll probably give you a spelling M O R A K N I V E. Okay. Or excuse me, K-N-I-V, no E at the end. Um, man, these are just little plastic, probably, uh, what's this one? Probably about three and a half inch. Um, they're plastic handle. They're a three-quarter tang. Uh, what I like about them, um, you can beat the crap out of them, and they're like $12. They're nothing. Okay. Uh, you lose one, so what? Uh, go get another, right? Uh, yeah. I key, I actually, I've got two or three. Um, so another thing is two is one, one is none. I guess that's the old military saying. I do try to have some redundancy on some items. Um, knives and tools. 
So the more knife, uh, Swedish knife, I have both stainless steel for food prep, and then I have a carbon, uh, the carbon one for ferrocinium rods, lighting, those types of things. Um, I also keep a uh, Swiss Army knife. Uh, the multi-tool aspect right there. Well, um, there's so many. Uh, it's got tweezers. It's got this. It's got other things that, you know, a fixed blade doesn't have that I can utilize. It's, uh, I think I have the Huntsman, I think is what it is. So I've got an AUG. I've got screwdrivers in it. I've got stuff like that, right? Um, and then my main one. So well, I was asking about the tool side. So uh, some guys will use a 7-inch. I prefer a 5-inch. You've got knife companies out there and some of the some of the popular brands, Essie, you've probably heard of, um, E-S-E-E, I guess it is. Uh, I have an Ontario Rat 5. And when you're looking at a knife for something that you're going, I mean, you want a knife that you can beat the crap out of, let's, just, let's face it. Um, you know, hatchet versus knife versus saw. Do you need all three? Do you need one or two? With a good knife, you can chop, you can baton. So my recommendations on a good knife, a fixed blade knife, preferably full tang. Uh, three quarter could work on some, but I prefer a full tang knife. Um, thickness, uh, good jimping to put the hand on. Um, uh, sandy grind on it. I don't have any, there's nothing fancy to the blade whatsoever. Um, and mine is a uh, different steels. You know, there's a lot of good steels that are out there. I got a hardened steel on this on the rats, but there's all kinds of different crazy steels out there and whatnot. But more than anything, get something that's going to last. Get something that has a good production in your hand that fits well in your hand. Um, and again, batoning. You know what batoning is, correct? Yeah. Okay. So have no issues taking this knife and just beating the crap out of it. And again, we're talking, you know, $100 or less on a tool that you're going to use. And I actually, um, when I'm out and I'm, I'm actually walking around or hiking or whatever, I actually pull this off my bag and I'll put this on my gun belt. Okay. Without my gun, obviously. I'm in California. I can't do that. But yeah. <laughs> I, do, I, I, I do have a belt that has some redundancy in it, um, has some medical, has some compass uh, uh, stuff. I have a water container on it. Um, and I'll put my knife on that. Um, and then I'll have another fire kit on that as well. So if I get separated from a pack or if I have that, or if I go out just for a little foraging or whatever it may be, I have a little kit that's on my belt. Um, but yeah, I recommend the Ontario. It's a, it's a good tool for the price. Um, five inch for me is fine. A lot of people will go seven cause you start to get to that machete type okay. type. Uh, um, but the SC is a good one. Uh, Gerber makes a good one. Uh, I would recommend, I would recommend five inches. Uh, for the fixed blade, um, and you don't need anything fancy. Like I said, just get a good piece of steel that's thick uh, that you could work with. I put lanyards on everything just so I don't lose it. Uh, keep around my my uh, wrist and whatnot. But okay. um, I keep so I have two bags out on the floor right now. In one bag, I have one, two, three. I have three knives and a Leatherman. The other bag, I have one, two, three, four knives, a Leatherman, and then a saw. So I'll give you an idea. I And again, I just, do I need that many knives? Probably not, but I always have one on my person. I always have one in my bag. If I lose something, I have one backed up underneath just in case. And again, there's uh, more knives are 12 13 bucks on Amazon. 
great yeah. knife for the for the money. And, and you it, go to and all it's not the much out- added weight for your bag. No, not at all. And they come with a little plastic sheath. Um, one thing I do, I put bands around. So um, Ranger bands. You know what a Ranger band is? Um, sh- remind me. <laughs> it's, it's basically just a heavy rubber band, right? Okay. That, that you can that you can wrap and whatnot. Um, I take old bicycle inner tubes, and I cut bicycle inner tubes into bands. Okay, and that's and that's what I use for my Ranger bands. So I'll take those and I'll put those around the the handle of my knife to the sheath, just so they don't come out, just so they don't fall, um, you know, uh, on the moors because they're the over time you might wear those out in the sheath, they may come out or whatnot. So just stuff like just little stuff like that. That like I said, just watching a guy here or reading something there or listening to a podcast or a guy how does how he does something, you know, that's that's how all this accumulated. But yeah, uh, more knives, you won't be disappointed with those. Um, don't care if you break them, you're not going to break them, but you know, uh, you're not going to have any issues to replace them. You can, you can buy as many as you want for that price. And then again, a good, a good fixed blade, full tang preferred, I'd say at least five inches to seven, um, SE Ontario rat, uh, there's other models out there and you can get carried away with uh, some of those knives. I'll just tell you now. Some of them are pricey, but there's for good reason. I've gone down a couple different rabbit holes uh, when when I'm looking at knives, and you just you go from one, and then you get an ad for a different one that pops up, and you're like, oh, that one looks cool, and then you start getting into the differences and the handle width, and then the multi-use facet of of having that knife. Uh, you could stare at a screen for two hours and not even order a knife yet because another one pops up. Well, so let's be realistic. I mean how much bushcrafting do you think you're really going to do in a situation in like that? In my journey, not much. And I know exactly. my route. I know my where I'm going. I know my destinations. I have four different destinations, um, which on the last podcast, we didn't, we didn't bring that up and we kind of flirted with it, but we didn't actually talk about it. When you're, when you're, when you're planning and you have your map out before you do anything, like you had brought up earlier in the podcast, you need to have your location but you need to have multiple locations in case that a or that number one location isn't good anymore. You need to have a secondary and then a third dairy and a four dairy and ha- wow. Did I just make up words? I, I was, I'm shaking my head agreeing. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have these spots. And then like Ron had said, you know, have your three spots, you know, one, two, and three all in like, the same area ish, the same circle, but number four needs to be away in case that whole area, you know, let's take natural disaster and a flood comes through or an earthquake or rock slide, mud slide, whatever. And that kind of wipes out two of your locations, maybe three, have a fourth one out of the, out of that grid into a different grid. So that way it's something that's completely new and, and away from the actually where you were going. And multiple ways to get there. And like I said, map your water. You got to map your water sources to understand. You need to carry. So water is probably the heaviest thing in the bag if you really go carry. And I keep I keep a canteen full, um, and then I have a I have a bladder that that rolls. And then I actually have packets, emergency packets of water in my food rations or whatnot that I have just for get by. Right. So you know, and they say in, in a prepping situation, it's actually three gallons of water per person because you got to think about for drinking, for washing, and then for eating cooking right okay. so i mean you really start to look at it you start okay so how much water should we start prepping how many of this and that so these are all things that you know like i said depending on the situation where you're at 
up there. You guys have snow up there right now, right? So no. you guys would probably no snow right nope. now. No snow yet. So if you did, and there was an environment out there, you would need to obviously pack your bag according to that. I don't, you know, we don't have that down in California, so I'll, I'll keep a little, you know, uh, uh, a flannel or something in my bag with a with a beanie and some gloves. Right, just that's about all I'll need. Um, one thing I would recommend: keep extra socks. Right, got it. Got to take care of feet. And actually, in both my packs, I actually do uh, uh, keep the uh, blister. The what is it? The uh, the blister medic kits. Yeah, so I was trying to think what that name is too. Um, yeah, it's like a extra mole, skin the, or it's, it's the mole. It's the moleskin type stuff, moleskin, right? So, go. I mean, you know. Uh, this all sounds great, Dandy. So you got a, you got a, let's say you got a twenty pound pack, and you put your boots, your hiking boots on, or whatnot. And you actually go out and walk with the pack. You will learn real quick. Uh, your body will tell you, "Hey, this isn't something we're used to. What's going on here?" Right? These are the things for training's a whole other aspect <laughs> yeah, of this. It's going to remind you quickly. <laughs> it is. So there's a conditioning. There's a conditioning factor to this also with this that we can get into, right? Whatnot. But you know, not to jump around a little bit. But you know, just the bag itself. What what the things that we read off from the ten C's. Basically, the bag and my contents are made around that. Okay. So I have different kits that are set up. So I have fire kits. Um, I have a kit for that. I keep uh, uh, extra batteries, uh, extra matches, things like that. Right. Uh, I do have a fishing kit. Yep. Um, uh, you know, it's funny. Everybody says, "Oh, if something happens, we'll just go to the wilderness and you know we'll live off the land." Yeah, you and well, everybody you know else. Well, so <laughs> if you have, that's a really good skill to have. I mean, I'm, I'm not belittling that by any stretch. It's a really good skill to have. But if you're in a situation where you're trying to get the hell out. That's just going to take time. It's going to stall you. And it's not, you know, I, I'm a pretty avid hunter. I think I'm pretty good. Uh, I don't get every time I go out, right? So, I mean, things happen, right? You get better at it, better. So, um, uh, I think it was in the Depression, in the 20s. I think the game ran out in 30 days. I, but yeah, and Ron brought that up last last podcast as well. He, he I think he said twenty five to thirty days gone. So if that's your plan, that's not a sustainable plan. So you know, I I do have snares. I I do know how to snare. There's fish snares, bird snares. There's game snares. Um, I actually keep my old guitar strings for that. Uh, they're perfect for it. Um, I snared a cat. I did my son. <laughs> My son didn't think I could do it, but I did snare a feral in the back uh, about two in the morning. I heard the screaming. It's like, what is that? It's a cat that I snared in the back. <laughs> I, uh, so it is possible. I, okay. I, actually surprised my, I surprised myself with that one, to be honest with you. But uh, let's be serious. You're not, you're not doing that. Um, not unless you're going to sustain and be someplace for two, three. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, great if you have that skill, but let's be realistic. Uh, not not a sustainable plan yeah. so you know um calories what type of calories do you take in those types of things so again i can i can jump all over the place with the stuff i have so you know for kit wise uh we talked about the shelter right so we talked about in on under um i have a i have a tarp or a or a, a uh that's yeah, a tarp it's a 10 by 10 tarp i think it's free soldier who's the make i have a uh, I have that just because it fits in my bag. 
uh, I have the poncho as well. Poncho would serve its purpose fine. Um, but again, I have room and it's not that much weight, so I put it in. I keep a little bivy with me, uh, bivy I can roll up in, and then I have a wooby. Uh, wooby is a poncho line, military poncho liner. Okay. So um, within that, I can make pretty quickly a lean-to shelter. I can make an A-frame tent. I can just put a tarp up to cover. Um, something I'd like to add to it that I'm looking at right now, uh, a hammock. A hammock's not a bad idea either. Um, the whole idea is you want to keep off the ground. Uh, even if you're in con- you there's a thermal layer. The ground gets cold, right? So something else that I keep that uh, is a real good tool, great use. Uh, I keep industrial 55-gallon trash bags. I keep like three of them rolled up. Um, I could use that for shelter. I could use that to put over as a, as a, a poncho if you really got, had to. I could use that to stuff with leaves, use as a mattress. So I keep the thermal air from the ground and myself separated so I don't get cold from that. I okay. mean, there's so many, and that's a multi-use. And again, it's a, it's, it's, it's a trash can liner. It's an industrial 55-gallon uh, trash can liner. Those, those are great tools. They can, you can use them for everything. Um, you can cut them in half and use them as a tarp if you want. Um, yeah, so again, just multi-use tool as far as the shelter goes. Um, fire kits, multiple fire kits. I have one that I pull out and I can put on my belt. I have another one I keep with my bag. And then actually in my car bag, I have a whole other um, rod and fire starter kit that I keep. I try to keep a minimum of three ignition sources. Um, with the fourth one, again, being the lighter that I keep in my pocket. If I could use that, I'm going to use that first. Um, but it's, I will put this up. It's all kinds of stuff. I've got, you know, strikers. I've got magnesium strikers. I've got a waterproof container with storm matches in it. Um, my ferrocerium rod is about uh, six inches long. It's about three-eighths uh, thick. I wanted a bigger one, and I do have a smaller one. I have a, little, have a little small exotac that I use in my other bag too. But what, what's the difference in the sizes? What, what are so, there different usages? So, the so let's um, let's say you're cold. Let's say you're wet. Let's say you have semi hypothermia happening. You start to lose your motor skills. So the larger the rod is, the less effort you're going to have putting the striker on it on a larger ferrocerium than you are on a smaller one. Makes sense. Yep. Just motor skills. That's all it is. I like the big one. I got a big paracord. Again, multi-use. I got a you know paracord lanyard on it, the Titan cord, and I've got a striker, and I've got a big, big old paracerium that I use. Um, again, just because motor skills. If you get cold, if you get in a situation where you're, you, know, you need to get something started immediately, and this is all you have to do it, a lot easier with a bigger piece of equipment than it is the smaller ones. And there's all kinds of sizes. You can, man, you can get one that's like literally, I mean, so that one, uh, a six by three eighths, there's probably three to 4,000 strikes off that rod. Wow. Yeah. I, I would be hard pressed to use that all, honestly. And like that, but you can get some that are like six. I mean, you can get some big ones that you can barely lift if for whatever reason. But yeah, that's, that's why I go with the larger ones. Um, I do keep Zippo lighters in there. Uh, I put a, a little zip tie around the, the, uh, gas press or the gas mouth, whatever you want to call it. 
um, just so that doesn't go down and waste your gas. And then on all my lighters, I wrap all my lighters with duct tape. Uh, again, multi-use duct tape for, you know, to light on fire. Yep. Well, mainly the, the duct, electrical tape, duct tape, all that, uh, chapstick, all that is flammable and absolutely can uh, be used as a source, as a tender source. Oh, um, Oh yeah, you can use absolutely can use duct tape as a tender source. You can oh, start I, I duct was, tape I was saying oh to the chapstick because I'm oh, a yeah, chapstick cha- guy. So, <laughs> so a lot of guys will take uh, um, cotton balls and they will basically just douse them in chapstick. That's a fire tender. Okay, you can absolutely you can absolutely start with that. Um, what else do I have? I keep a uh, little small pencil sharpener. Uh, that way, I can take small twigs. If I need to, break them up, cut them up, sharpen them up, whatever I need to do. Um, I got a bellow in here, too, that I've used a couple of times. Basically, just it's a tube that extends so I can blow into the fire to get a fire going. And again, fire's fire's cool. Uh, Making fire, taking a bird's nest, taking it from scrub, taking it right again. If I like doing that just to learn how to do it, knowing that I can do it, that wouldn't be my first priority in the in the situation again to be a lighter but just practicing those skills and knowing how to do that that's uh i like it i think they're cool um being able to know how to do that and in the situation being able to uh to uh, help someone do that as well yeah um but yeah like skin three three different three different sources um and I keep these everywhere I go. And everywhere I go I have a source on me at all time for fire. Again, whether it's a lighter a uh, small exotac ferrocerium, whatever it may be. Um, but that's fire's key. Cooking, defense, light. Uh, the other side of that, too, is, you know, you got to understand also your locale. Um, there's permissive and non-permissive situations. Uh, meaning, you know, is it cool for me to light a fire right now? Or is there a threat around and we don't want to be seen? That's non-permissive, right? So you can dig a hole in the ground. You you can dig a hole in the ground and put a fire underground and keep that down. I mean, there's all kinds of, all kinds of different methods. And these are the things, like I said, I just started, started reading, watching just people who live this and do this and the techniques and whatnot. There's there's classrooms. There's all kinds of places to go to do this stuff, but just getting out and doing it, you start to figure it out, man. Honestly. Before, before getting too far out as well, you had, you had brought up, uh, the Sawyer water filter system. A lot of yep. people use the the tubes. Um, yeah. The 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 life. I think they're life life tubes, life water tubes. The the life straws. Life straws. There you go. And but I've heard you know, and this has come from Bear as well. Um, he says these the Sawyer water filter systems is so much better. They last longer than the tubes or the straws. What have you actually used the Sawyer? To the straws, yeah, so or I, what? What do you think? Um, I like the Sawyer. Um, they're not that expensive, and they work. And they what hundred thousand gallon liters, or I mean, um, I have no issues with them. Uh, I've taken straws right. I've taken a straw with that right out of a creek. Um, I like these because again, those the one liter smart uh, smart waters. These fit. These screw right on top. So I can load, you know, you can load up, put these on and drink directly from it. I can take the Sawyer and I can actually put it to my Camelback. So it filters if I need to take my Camelback. Because look, a lot of situations, especially if you're on the go, 
the first priority probably is not to drink it. It's just to gather it so you can make it drinkable or, or, or disinfect it at another location. But you got to at least get the water. So if you have a container, you can grab that container. Then you can stick the filter on it and then do what you got to do. Now, there's a new one that I'm going that I'm looking at going to get the Grail. I think they call it. Um, that is basically a micro press filter. So that has its own, and that's basically ninety bucks. I think um, that seems to be the one everybody's going towards now. And I'm not promoting products or anything. Obviously, this, this yeah, is what I've been yeah. And and basically, um, it's got a filter inside of the device itself. And you basically, you take the the container, scoop it in the, the resource or water, whatever it is, and you take that filter and you actually push and press down. It 99.9 gets viruses, gets everything out. Um, that, se- it's, that seems to be something everybody seems to be going towards right now because it's all it, it has uh, a high volume that cleans and how to replace the filter, and it's an all uh, inclusive unit. It, it handles itself. So a lot of people are going towards that. Me. The Sawyer's a $20. It's fine. It works great. Um, I have the, what it was, this, I have a couple of minis and then I have a larger one. Um, I keep that. I keep a rolled up uh, water container that the Sawyer can fit into. I hardly ever use it, but I just keep it with it. Um, I keep a syringe for back flush because you can, you can back flush these, use them again and again and again just to keep them clean. And obviously, the dirtier the water that you're going to be drinking out of, that's going to, the faster your filters are going to clog or whatnot, right? So just yeah. in perspective. Um, and on top of that, then, with my Sawyer kit, uh, I also keep um, water purification tablets. Just as another source, just in case. Um, I can boil water, obviously, to clean it, or I can throw these in. Um, you can even, I mean, uh, you can use bleach even, man, obviously, in a, in a dire situation. I think it's uh, eight drops per gallon. You, you can disinfect it that way, too. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do it, right? So um, the one thing I would uh, advise with your water kits, um, you see a lot of people that keep them in a plastic bag or a sealed bag. I would advise against that. Um I keep a mesh bag. I keep my water kits in my mesh bag. That way they can breathe. You won't get mold, anything like that. If you use them, then put them away and not touch them in a while and put them in a plastic bag. Uh, there's no telling what might be growing in there. That, honestly. Skunky, so that's that skunky smell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I keep mine in a mesh bag just so it can breathe. Okay. Um, that, that's the, that's one thing I have kind of picked up. It's like, yeah, there's been a couple of where guys have opened. It's like, whoa, that's not usable. It's like, well, that's two jam touches a year to get in a plastic steel bag after using it, right? Um, my car kit, actually, I keep a Frontier straw. I think it's only 30 liters. It's just a straw that you literally has a filter on it, and I can just drink right out of whatever with that um, temporary. It's something easy. And again, it's a, what is it, Aquamaria. It's just a, it's just a little... $10 straw. I think you can get at Walmart or wherever. Right. But, um, just to have it just in case. Um, so yeah, water, water, water source, water purification, boiling. Um, there's some nice systems. There's some gravity fed drop systems too that are out there. They're relatively inexpensive. So, you know, you can do uh eight, 10 liters for a family, for a group that are not that heavy to carry. You can roll them up, put them in. It's just got a little gravity filter at the bottom that you can put in. So there's other solutions out there for larger needs. 
when when I'm I'm setting up my bag, and then I've got my daughter's bag, and then my son's bag, and then I'm I'm gonna have another bag for my other daughter that I've, at the beginning I'm gonna end up carrying. Should each bag have a have a you know a Sawyer system or the life straws or something like that in them each bag or how uh, how would you set it up for multiple bags? I would recommend for each bag, and if it's a family situation, you may want to look at some of the larger uh, gravity fed. So basically, it's an eight or ten liter bag, and you can get them heavier um, or with more volume. You basically take that to the stream, river, lake, whatever. You hang that up. And then it's got a gravity fed system that goes down through a filter um, with a tap on the bottom that you can use. And that's ready to go. As soon as you pull that out, filter that, you can just use it right there and, and use that to drink. So if you've got five, six people, that might be way to go. I would recommend that at least everybody have some sort of straw or filter, um, whether it's a Sawyer Mini or any of the life straws. Uh, there's all kinds of different ones that are self-contained units out that are out there. Um, and again, you're not talking for a long period of time. You're talking for a few days to utilize yep. it needed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, I, would we'll go into, I would recommend everybody. We'll go into that, that, you know, I guess the prepper, the situation of your, of your points and start preparing for them in a couple of shows down the road. But I think, you know, when you, when you originally set up your plan, you set up your map, you set up your route at the end, wherever you're planning on going, you need to have supplies there too. I think you actually thinking about it. You mentioned that uh, at the beginning of the show, but that's where you'd want to have, you know, your, your big filtration, filtration system for the water, for, you know, whatever else you're going to be using for bathing, for cleaning, for, you know, whatever, but having that system set up there at that point for the family to get there too. Yeah. Um, you know, you brought up the what there, there's comfort. There's definitely creature comfort suit to, to pack in, but you know, kids are different. Uh, needs are different. Uh, not even to mention male, female situation, you know, you're going to need hygiene. <laughs> yep. Well, there's different, there's different hygiene considerations taken, you know, dispose there's, there's all, you know, not a lot of people are comfortable just digging a cat hole. Uh, you know, I keep a trauma with me just for that purpose. And if you haven't done it, um, uh, you know, that's not something just everybody's going to sign up for, I guess. But it's, that's the way it is. It's, it's, it's you got to deal with it. It's part of life, right? I actually yeah. keep um, uh, I keep a, a pack of toilet paper, and then I keep a pack of combat wipes with, or dude wipes, whatever. I'll keep that in my bag at all time with me. I actually keep those everywhere. Any of the uh, the uh, the towel discs, the add water to. Uh, I don't even know what you call them. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I believe so. It's kind of like the foamy things. Yeah, you just add water to it, then they blow up to a 12 by 12 towel. Yeah, yeah. I have those everywhere. Those are the greatest thing ever since uh, I have those everywhere. Even after a baseball game, man, I'll put some water on that and just wipe the face real quick or wipe the the eye black off or whatever it may be. Those are perfect. I keep keep those everywhere. So, yeah, um, for the hygienic, I do – I keep – I keep Coleman, a little thing of Coleman camping soap. Uh, I keep uh, toilet paper, and then I keep combat wipes, and uh, obviously toothbrush and that type of. But that's about it, man. Um, I don't have a whole lot for that type. I'm not out there trying to uh, impress. All right. So, what's your yeah, What's I mean, your oddest item that you have in your bag? That that's kind of just for you. It doesn't really serve a, a great purpose, but it's for you. What is that item? Hmm. 
you know, probably my instant coffee. I'd probably have to say. I keep instant. Co- I keep coffee, and then I keep uh, hydration packets in my food kit, and that is probably just for me. There's the coffee side. I have. That makes I thought funny, mine was my chapstick, but now it's a fire starter. So now I'm multi-using. There you go. I mean. <laughs> You know, um, where I went was I started from scratch and I started to realize, you know, at the bottom, well, how often am I going to use this is kind of a thought. So let's go buy something just cheap to have, check the box, I have it, right? And then you start using it. And then you realize why certain things cost what they do, why others cost, you know, at a higher level because rally, they last. So I started replacing flashlights. I started replacing, you know, my saw. I, I, um, you know, haven't even talked about communication or whatnot or how to power things or this or that. I have a 28 watt solar, uh, it's four solar panels that I can pop up on my backpack and plug my phones or my tablet or whatever else in. Right. I mean, there's, that's kind of unique, I guess for me, but you know, that's for everybody to utilize. Um, yeah, I, I just yeah, bought some of those too to hang off the bag to have a have a battery source, um, and then I'm I've got well I don't have it yet it's it's being ordered now it's actually a um, solar powered uh, it's a solar powered it's a radio and it's got all of your different functions AM FM weather band. Um, emergency yep. band, all that stuff. It's got different plugins in it, but you can also hand crank it to create yep. an electric charge. And that, yep. that is ordered and, and coming in as well. So, you know, and I, I feel that, that whatever's going to happen, if it is, you know, government martial law type, it's going to happen during the winter. So having a heat source, having, uh, you know, multiple blankets, having sleeping bags that are good for winter and having that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to have sunlight, but it's not going to power up those cells very good. You're going to want that hand crank to get you the voltage you need to, to charge things. Yeah, I've got a few of those. i got my wife in those too, but yeah, i got a couple of those. Those are great, actually. Those are really good. Um, and be able to charge from that, right? Uh, you can plug into those too and charge devices if need be. But from the solar side, having something you can charge and not rely on having to plug something in is big. Um yeah, I, I mean, everything I have is pretty standard, man. I mean, it serves a purpose, and it's, it's you know, gloves are gloves. Uh, my cooking kit is, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't know. So for cooking side, what would you think? Or how are you, how are you thinking about setting your bag up? Well, I'm going to have a, I'm gonna have a and, and again, it depends on how much time you have, but if I'm going to have a single propane burner with a canister, I'll have a cast iron pan. And then it's gonna just gonna depend on how much time that we have to get our stuff, you know, and let's just say refrigerator stuff to be able to throw into the pickup. That's gonna be the easiest way out is to load up the pickup as fast as you can and then go. But if yeah, it's so us I'm- on foot, now we're kind of talking about the the power bars. We're talking about those calories of you know peanut butter of you know whatever else that you, you're able to fit in your bag and go. So from a fuel, single burner fuel stove side, um, that is a solution. I do have one of those that I use in my other bag. Um, they make the 
fuel canisters small enough now where they all kind of fit in. You could put them in, you know, little little two cup, little stainless steel cup. Um, uh, in addition to that, if fuel isn't available and you do have to go fire or whatnot, so I have a a little titanium stove that you can fold up. Uh, and when you fold it down, it literally just it just fits right into a pack that I can throw right in, and it weighs nothing. So with that, I can put alcohol in it. I can put some sort of a fuel tab or whatever to burn, or I can just use straight up sticks and make my own fire for that. Um, that's what I keep in my cook kit, actually, in my main bag. Uh, that bag, I have um, just a simple stainless steel cup. I have a, uh, you see them all over the place. It's basically just a Stanley uh, cook set. Um, that I use just one of the little pots from. And then I have a single wall stainless steel uh, clean canteen. And I can cook with any of those. I can boil water with any of those. Uh, I have a lid for all, one single lid that can fit on both the cup and on the uh, on the pot. And then I have fish spreaders, uh, jaw spreaders that I can hang from something if I need to. So I have holes that I, that I cut or uh, that I put in the side of my pot. And I can just put my fish spreader in there and then hang that from something so it's not directly in a fire. Um, and then I got a titanium spork. And that's base, and I've used it. Uh, I use that cook kit more than any, to be honest with you. Um, Holds up pretty well. It does from the stainless side. You know, they say I don't use. I don't like aluminum. Uh, it's not going to hurt you probably, but you know, everything in the wars were aluminum for the soldiers or what my World War One, World War Two. I wouldn't cook out of aluminum over a long period of time myself. That's why I go to stainless side. But again, um, we're not talking weeks. We're only talking a couple of days. So I ain't going to kill you. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my kit, man. I just have, I have a cup. I have a little pot. I have, uh, my single wall. Um, what is this? 32. That's a 32 ounce. Um, and then I have a sponge for cleaning. And what I use my sponge for more than anything is to keep it quiet so it doesn't rattle around in my bag. Okay. So that's something to think about, too, on the environment side, right? Um, if you don't really think you have a threat, you can make as much noise as you want. Go right ahead. But reality of it is, if you're trying to stay low, if you're trying to stay out of sight and trying to – I mean, they, they say your bag should be silent. It should be slick. It should be secure. Now, what do they mean by that? Zero, you take zero your rattle, zero clank. You shouldn't be walking and having things moving on you. Exactly. Exactly. And if possible, so one upgrade, I ordered, I just actually ordered a new Condor 72-hour uh, uh, bag, assault bag. The reason I did that, because you saw my bag, I got a stuff on the outside on the Molly. Yep. So all that's going to go in the bag, and my bag is going to have nothing on the outside. Now, why is that important? Well, um, if you're going through the wood and you've been out, you know better than anybody. You're going out in the woods and you got sticks and you got branches hitting, you got this, you got that. Next thing I know, your flashlight you had on that strap is missing. Uh, maybe your knife that, that wasn't secured all of a sudden got hit by a tree branch and it's gone now because it got knocked off your bag. Things get stuck on items that are outside your bag. So if you can have everything inside or at least closed and covered, you should not have that issue. And you're exactly right. Shake your bag. You shouldn't have to hear anything. That little sponge I was just telling you about from my, from my cook kit, the main purpose that sponge has is because it takes the gap in the space between my canteen and my cooking set. 
So all of a sudden I don't have any rattle or clank. A cow will do the same thing, you know, just little stuff like that. And then the secure portion, or or excuse me, the slick and secure portion is exactly what we're talking about. You don't want stuff that can be um, snagged, grabbed, important stuff that you need to rely on that now is gone or is lost. So in that, if you do have a situation where you don't have a bag that you can do that with, you do have to put stuff on the outside, my recommendation to you would be also zip tie it on as well for a second point of security, just in case. You can put your molly straps on. It's probably going to be fine. I'm telling you, though, from being out and whatnot and losing stuff, hmm. take some zip ties and strap that stuff to your bag also. Just, just It doesn't take long to do it, and it'll help you out. Yeah. In the well, which is but, why the saying it, two is one, one is none matters. That's right. Because you that's will exactly. lose stuff along the way. Well, that's why you should carry two tourniquets everywhere you go. Honestly, one may not be enough. Sometimes it does take two, right? So, and again, I mean, that's, that's, I, I just got that calendar bag. I think it was 90 bucks. That thing is a beast. It's a beast. I can throw everything. So with that, I'll have some extra clothing in there. I'll be able to um, consolidate my rations bag because I have a, I have a, a 20 liter dry bag just full of uh, rations, um, dehydrated food, power bars, uh, packages, tunas. I have crackers. I have uh, instant oatmeal, anything, you know, just basically. And I use, and honestly, out of everything in my bags, I use my my uh, rations bag more than any, especially after, like, you know, uh, driving somewhere, coming back from a game, whatever it may be. Oh, I got a, I got crackers or something in there to grab, right? I always keep that with me. So consolidating all my stuff from one or two bags into one giant bag is basically what I'm doing with that new bag. And I won't have anything on the outside of that. It'll all be contained inside. What I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm stealing a lot of your time here. What, oh, that's fine, man. what, Hmm, man, I had a, I had a, I had a question and then I had another one and then I tried forming them both together. <laughs> what is your, I'm going to say perfect situation. Um, but when I say perfect, what's the worst situation? It, does that make sense? Like you have, you're away from your house. You know, you've got to get to your house. You're let's say two miles away. You have 20 minutes before something is going to happen to you at your house. I don't care if it's natural disaster, sheriff's office, uh, military. I don't care. You have 20 minutes when you get to your house. What are you grabbing? You're able to drive away in your, in your truck. So everything I would need is already in the truck to answer your question. I keep a separate bag and a container in that truck for just that situation. So I don't have to go, but I literally keep a big, big, uh, chest in the back of Plano's just a Plano plastic. And then I have a sling bag. So I have my main bag and then I have a sling bag, um, uh, sling bag that I keep basically everything that we just talked about. I keep something along those lines in the sling bag also. And I keep that in my truck and in my other car. I have another bag for that. I keep it there at all times. And that's got, I've got tools, tourniquets. I got a taser in there. Uh, I've got cutting tools. I've got fire starters. I've got light sticks for emergency road or if I need some visibility. I've got paracord, emergency blankets in there. Um, 
I have a bivy, life straws, toilet paper, first aid. I have, you know, clear plastic bags with zip ties and then masks uh, whenever you might need those. I mean, just that's the stuff I keep. It's like, okay, I have this ready to go. If I needed to get back, first of all, if I had the time to do it, all I would grab was my bag that I have. I would need, uh, and probably my sidearms, honestly. Um, a sidearm, rifle, shotgun, whatever it is that you may have, machete, doesn't matter. Uh, something to protect yourself because there is a security aspect to that. Now, to answer your question uh, in more detail, the first thing I would do is get, a, so I have a lot of family and my family is, is on board with this. We've all had discussions and I'm talking my brother-in-law, my cousin, his girlfriend. We've had discussions, not to mention other guys up the road here. Um, you heard me use the word MAG. Uh, MAG stands for Mutual Assistance Group. That was my, so next, my next question. So keep going. <laughs> my, so my, my first thing would be to call my wife and tell her to grab her bag. Let's go to plan. Let's implement. With that, my cousin would probably be worth it more than likely. My brother-in-law would be, we all know where to go. We all have action. We'd all end up in the same place or we at least be together and could, could support each other to get to that place. So in that 20 minutes, I really, I should already have what I need to get what I need from the minimal survival aspect to get ready to go for the plan. I need to make sure that everybody else understands that this is serious. You need to take action now. That's probably what I really would do in that situation because I already have all my bags and stuff with me pretty much at all times. I've had several conversations with friends about, um, first of all, just testing the waters if they are like-minded. Okay. So we're past that. Uh, what, what are their, you know, how are you setting up? How are your plans? Do you have a plan? Um, and then it's the community aspect. And I've got another set of friends that they, they've been planning this for four or five, six years. They have a community set up. Every person that's already invited into their community has specific, um, strong skills skills yeah they have yeah absolutely everybody is different so you're going to you know not everybody needs to be protector not everybody needs to be carrying around a rifle not everybody people need to know how to grow food there is a security people need to understand communication people need to understand you know um maybe you got somebody knows how to sew maybe you got somebody knows how to handle the animals maybe you got somebody's a mechanic Maybe you got, everybody's got a skill set that they bring to the table. Now, the hardest thing in that is for everybody to be on the same page. That's where your philosophical, your theological, that's where all these discussions start to come in because not everybody, um, not everybody's meant to be with different people, different strokes for different folks, right? I mean, it's what it is. And there's a big trust factor when it comes into that. Um, Very much so. So if you have... So if you have gained that trust and you have people that have been doing this for a while and actually practicing it, doing these things, going out and actually doing these, um, that's a huge value. That's I, a huge value. I am, you know, doing what I'm doing with the podcast. I'm, I'm trying to do it as a, as a PSA, getting more people the information they need, picking everybody's brains. I'm, I'm asking questions that I already know the answers to, but I want to know what your thought is on it. And that way I can go, Oh, I never, you know, I didn't think about that. Having, you know, trying to get the, the proper tools in place to be able to 
to survive while we're out there. But it's also for okay. the people that that don't they're not really on board, but they're kind of like, you know, you might be onto something. Where do I start? You know, and that's that's kind of I want to do that for my own benefit, but also I want to be able to help other people out who are kind of in the same spot. Maybe they're a couple steps back and the the biggest thing is for people to not panic you might just start right now you might go you know what we do need to kind of have a plan but you're not going to be able to do everything all in once it's just take a step find out what your most important thing is have a plan and then build on that plan you know when you're when you're doing food storage buy an extra can of chili of saw of tomato sauce of you know beans something you don't have to buy everything all at once that's why you say I like my uh, kids last time they were home, they opened up the cabinets. They're like, what the hell happened, dad? I was like, well, what do you mean? They're like, I have never seen our cabinet so full. What are you doing? And I just kind of giggled. And I was like, you know what? There's, there's a couple of reasons that, you know, come January, February, I started basically, I, I wouldn't even call it, I just started buying a little extra here, a little extra there. A couple of reasons for that. Um, one stuff was kind of disappearing, although we're really not seeing that now. Shelves are pretty full right now. Yep. Um, Take advantage of it. I, well, that's just it. Buy it while you can, but more than anything, um, I, I was keeping track of the prices and those prices between January to now, especially in proteins. Oh I'm yeah. I'm glad I bought when I, <laughs> uh, I, I was buying in preparation, in preparation for what we're seeing now, and my wife and kid, everybody was laughing at me. Beginning, like, "Oh, you're so parent." And now they're like, "Man, I'm glad you did that because some of that stuff's up 40 percent now." Very much. So, and that burger here, chicken here, has gone almost a dollar fifty above a pound. So I and I was doing that too. I was buying the four or five um, pound chubs and then breaking them down. Or go to yeah, Costco exactly. when they had a sale and then break them up individually. And, you know, I ended up in my freezer. I believe I had like 40 pounds of burger and, and 25, 26 pounds or, or actually not pounds, um, just the breasts themselves of chicken along with hot dogs, along with chicken pot pies, along with, um, you know, boxes of chicken nuggets and corn dogs. I mean, I, I probably had a good, you know, four months of food just sitting in my house if anything was to ever happen and i didn't have to leave i could hunker down here i was good to go well i said i mean look i mean you put a mandate on us and not let me work i was set up for a good six months i don't have to worry about that side right i mean there's not that that's it but those are things you start to think about with what the chaos that's been going on the last couple of years this is the stuff i was saying then i started learning more i started understanding story you know not even talking, man. There's so many things that are going on right now with steel, aluminum, all these other. There's so many supply chain issues, which you probably could get into from the trucking side of it, I'm yes, sure. But, yeah. but you know, uh, uh, maybe things to talk about that people just don't think that, hey, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm probably going to need that. Um, compass, maps, maps of your location, whatever type of map, topograph, whatever. Understanding your compass, how you set your declination, understanding how to do, you know, um, triangulation for where your locations are, understanding those things, keeping a journal or a log. Um, I keep pens and mechanical pencil. I have uh, both a United States map and I have a California map, Oregon and Arizona. Um, just, just in case. An atlas in the car 
is not a bad idea. People are like, what the hell is an atlas, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, analog is not bad, right? So something else, you know, you got all these nice knives and axes and system. some sort of way to sharpen them. Have a sharpening stone. A, a burner flip yeah. phone. Just just to uh, go on that analog point. Flip phones, non-data, run on analog signal. Having a burner uh, phone for that is, you know, just something. It's not going to take up much room. It's not going to take up much weight in your bag, but you have one in your bag. I got a landline just for that, just for the analog. If everybody else goes down, I'll still have an analog line. It's probably going to work. Actually, it's funny. My kids, what is that? That's a rotary. That's a rotary. That yeah, seriously, they're like, yeah. what is that? It's funny. <laughs> How do you use? Yeah, this? but I mean, but yeah, I mean, just it's common sense stuff. And what is it? If I again, we're not talking creature comforts. What do you need for the minimal to survive? And A to B, three days, two days, three days. What is it you have? Right. And again, you start looking at weight. You start talking about weight, man. You're gonna put you're gonna put thirty to forty pounds on your back if you're going heavy. Not even to talk about munitions if you're gonna carry any clips or whatnot. Plus you have a belt, plus you have a carrier. You literally could get up to a hundred pounds of extra weight. Yeah. And this is and not training, not working with that type of stuff, all of a sudden, uh, you go out, you twist an ankle, or you do this, or you do that just because you're not used to it, right? So it doesn't matter all the gear and this and that and how, you know, if you're not using it, if you're not working with it and you're not training with it because conditioning is part of this. Uh, the joke a couple of years ago, the joke, I live in a front of a foothill. You look out my window and it's just basically hills that go up. And the joke was with the family, keep up. If you can't keep up, it's not meant to be <laughs> right. And obviously it's a joke, but it goes back to the conditioning portion of this. It's important. You're not, you're not thinking you're going to go out and you're going to go hiking and whatnot. You know, uh, funny to that. Um, we get back from Arizona from playing baseball. Right. And I immediately get picked up by this old senior team for softball. And the guy's like, um, Hey, you know, we're, we're got a pretty good team. We're ready to go. And I said, like, well, how many games are you playing? He's like, I think we got four or five. I said, well, how many people do you have? He says, well, I've got like 13. And I said, you're going to need about seven more. Yeah. And he looks and he says, well, what do you mean? I said, if you guys haven't been playing, practicing, running out in the field, we're going to lose five guys in this weekend. We, we lost five guys exactly. Okay. Hammies, uh, Shin, guy fell, blew his quad out. Exactly. Yeah. Is that you're not going to practice? You're not going to be ready for it. And that, you know, that story kind of, I was just sitting there giggling because they're looking at me and I'm like, breathing hard. I was like, dude, I just played 10 baseball games a couple of weeks ago. This is nothing. Let's go. Right. But, we sit around for a couple of months come January, February, that's going to be us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we'll start, we'll in, start right? working out and hitting and all that stuff in January, hopefully if the world's still here and, and get ready for, for Vegas in March. So we'll be doing sprints and stretching and you know, all that stuff. So that's, that's kind of where wait. our, where our timeline is, is going to be. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so, so Barrett, what I, else, man? I, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Do we answer all your questions? Is there any, obviously I could talk forever, man. It's just, I think more important about this is not get caught up in it. Get caught up in the plan. Get yes. caught, you know, get caught up in what you need, what the plan is, and then derive it from that. And um, that statement right there of everybody that I talk to that is in the know, that has been doing this, that has been planning and preparing and prepping and, 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 
and doing all of this stuff, don't get overwhelmed with what's going on. Um, have a mindset and understand. I mean, if the chances of a zombie apocalypse are, you know, probably not happening. Civil unrest, um, we're seeing it every day. And I don't say that to, to you know, be a fear monger or whatnot. I just, I mean, yesterday was a perfect example around here, the lawlessness that's going on. And, you know, we're in a situation right now to where, you know, um, we're looked bad upon to protect what's ours. And when did that mindset happen? When, when, when is this, uh, car, you know, man, karma, I'm all about karma. Yeah. Treat your fellow man as you want to be treated. Right. I will help out to be until someone takes advantage. And a lot of people, for some reason, are taking advantage. I just don't understand why. Um, I, I just don't understand. Well, it's happening in, in, in Portland right now again. And then, you know, you brought up the Nord, Nordstrom's thing. Why why is it that you feel entitled to what these businesses have? They're trying to make money, support their families. The employees are there working to make money to support their families. And now you go in there and you loot and you demolish and break up and destroy. How are you benefiting your community by you going in and doing these things? That. To me, that makes no sense. You're California, was it $999? It's a misdemeanor. You don't even get charged for it. And then you're going to pay someone from a security aspect 15 to 20 bucks an hour. That person doesn't care. They're not going to risk life or limb for a pair of jeans or whatever the hell it may be. Um, I think it was five people went in, Louis Vuitton, $120,000 snatched. I mean, what the hell, man? I mean, it's like, that's just, I I don't understand where society, why society's gone. Uh, to that extreme uh, uh, well I have my own ideas and I'm telling media is behind a lot of it in my t- opinion but that's a whole other whole yeah. other discussion man but yeah, yeah man I mean, you know just like I said have a plan uh, start working that plan start understanding that plan and start putting the kit together to do that um, you know I like it just because I like learning if you're not learning you're dying right yes. so went and learned how to use a compass I went and learned, you know, how to do mapping and, and that type of stuff. I went and learned how to, you know, start fires or, you know, what's it mean for tensile strength or paracord or what's this, what's that, or why, why is this better than this? Uh, not even talk about the medical side of this and the things I've learned just from that. And, you know, again, never want to use any of it, but I would damn near want to be ready to go if I do. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's just, it's a sense of, of it's a, a sense of well-being for me knowing that myself and my family, uh, we've prepared ourselves to take care of ourselves. You never know what's going to happen, but at least we'll, we'll give it a fighting chance. You know what I mean? We're ready for yeah. it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And I, I said it earlier. It, I hope I never have to use this information. I never hope to never have to use my bags to use the other, other, you know, prepared steps that I've taken. But if I have to, I'm going to be ready and I'm going to survive. I'm going to thrive. So that's kind of where, that's kind of where me and my family are at. Yeah. You got good people. You got an extension down here too. I know that's like to be the long ass trail from watching it down, but you know, um, good things happen to good people, Lambo. Yeah, I, I believe that as well. And I, you know, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, we're, we're on an hour and a half. It, it felt like we've been talking for like 40 minutes. Uh, this is a four hour conversation minimum, man. Seriously. <laughs> not even, not even, 
not even to get into the prepping aspect. Cause like I said, there's, there's all kinds of videos and you go out and it's like, well, this bag, this bag, reality doesn't matter. Whatever works for you. If yeah. it's going to do the job, it's, it's fine. And we never talked about communication either. I mean, that's a whole so, nother aspect of, of that, that I've, I want to have another show on because that, the communication aspect of me being here in Spokane and my daughter and ex-wife being in Tri-Cities, if we can't use our phones, if we can't use internet, how are we communicating now? And then getting into radios, getting into, you know, the, um, Farrah, Farrah, cages, Farrah, um, the, the bags, EMP bags. I can't think of what they're, what they're called. Um, but uh, the, I know you're about. yeah, the Pharaoh, yeah, um, God dang it. That's going to come to me. I would have yeah. said it. He hadn't said that. <laughs> um, but having those, right. having the EMP bags, having radios in them and, you know, being able to have the communication tools set aside, you know, protected that way when anything happens, we'll be set up and I'll have it on both ends. And, you know, I've already got my, so that goes my plan set too. up. That goes in threes also. And actually we'll talk about it on another podcast, but you know, phone number one, uh, a good set of long range walkie talkies. Kenwood makes really good set. They're pricey, but they work. And then, you know, I have that bow thing that I showed you. Yep. Um, there is this piece of software um, that you can go to. It's chirp, C H I R P. You can download that software and I think it's free. And basically you can start looking at your repeaters. You can start setting up and whatnot. And then go on. You can find out what the radio, the ham frequencies and whatnot. I'm not a ham operator. Um, but if an emergency breaks out, you absolutely have the ability to use uh, the ham radio in case of emergency. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. And honestly, you use it. Um, most time you're just going to slap, wrist slap anybody, but guys that have gone through the ham uh, certification process. Right. But yeah. Um, put it in threes, phone first, good set of communication, ham radio, uh, even the CB in your car, man, honestly, between yeah. the vehicles, something like that. That's your fourth one. So yeah, whole nother conversation, but I yeah, keep I want I, I want to have mine. you back on for that as well. All right, cool, man. So I appreciate it. I hope it was valuable and helpful. Yeah, very much. And you know, and and it, all of it's valuable. I wish I would have while we were down in Arizona. Well, I wouldn't have done the podcast. And, eh, I probably still would have done it, but I didn't take notes while we were talking in Arizona. So now I've got my notebook in front of me. I'm writing down. I'm going to replay this. It's going to go into another book. Yeah, I'm covered now. So hopefully everybody else is doing what I'm doing as well. <laughs> Yeah, we were too busy cooking, man, to worry about ah, that. I had a good time. It was a blast. I can't wait for next year. As well, I do next year. I, I'm, I'm telling you, looking forward to Vegas. Thank you, Barrett, for coming on. Barrett Riles, he's down in California, friend of mine. Last several years, uh, from just playing baseball, just random. You know, the me, Pat, Tony, Josh McCoy. We were a we were just a pickup guys on a, an already established team of sorts and they needed some guys and we wanted to play and i met barrett and you know and larry i've had larry on the show larry colbert you know just just out of the blue we started playing with a team and we've already made connections and hopefully you guys enjoyed the show with with barrett today thank you buddy for coming on um we'll have you on again and we'll talk communications and that's going to be another hour and a half show of just that rabbit hole so you know me and ron we're we're talking about uh, that uh, being in a rabbit hole and, and trying to get your way out before getting too deep. But, you know, communication, that's a, that's a big thing when the end of the world's coming or, you know, your, your martial law, your natural disaster, 
towers are going out. You're going to lose phone service. You're going to lose cell service. You're going to lose uh, internet. How are you talking to people? And you've got to have these communication tools set up. But don't panic. Take everything in stride. Have a plan and go with that plan. Barrett, thank you for coming on. Um, I didn't get to do, I, you know, I talked about a little dry fly at the start. But um, get those canned cocktails, man. Uh, dry fly, whiskey, vodka, bourbon. Get the couple bottles set up. You can have that at home too. When you're set up at home for four months, you're going to go crazy. If you're if you're a normal drinker, have a couple extra bottles. Get down to Dry Fly. Tell them what you're doing. Get down to Terry and the staff. Have a meal. They got a new cook. They got a new kitchen. Brand new location. Uh, downtown Spokane. You're going to love it. But have those extra bottles on hand for your your prepping and and storage needs. So. Can cocktails are easy on the go as well. So dry fly. Um, what else do we got? That's a great show. Um, I got a couple other shows coming up about survival. Got an Air Force guy coming on. He's going to talk about the you know the the whatever's on you survival, and you know just being a part of the Air Force. Um, that's I cannot wait. Uh, went to school with the guy, uh, high school with the guy, and then you know we kind of went our separate ways afterwards, and then found out what he was doing. So I'm not going to give too much away. So uh, we'll save that for the show. But thank you for coming on, Barrett Riles. I'm um, hopefully uh, you had a good time. And we'll do this again. But like, share, subscribe, download, rate, all that good stuff. This has been a little extra Lambo. Until next time, peace.